Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. Welcome back to another edition of the Undead Walking Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and we have a very full uh, schedule for you today on this episode of the podcast with several interviews across uh, from the Fear the Walking Dead showrunners to members of the cast. Uh, They'll be talking about the most recent episode, which was episode 603, uh, Alaska, and um, so we're going to kind of jump right into it because it's there's a lot, and I want to make sure that, that you guys have a time to listen to everything, so I don't want to talk too much. Um, just to kind of summarize the episode, though, this was an episode that saw Dwight reconnect with Sherry. Uh, we also met a new group of survivors with Nora, who were living in an office building that may or may not have been the target of kind of like biological warfare in the middle of the apocalypse looks like somebody had set some rats free in a trap um and the rats had the plague and so everybody in the building was was infected with the plague dwight got the plague and if not for the fact that althea found a whole stash of drugs on the top of the the roof um nobody would have survived the episode well she might have but um she was heading to the top of the of the building because she wanted to rendezvous with Isabel, who was making a supply drop or pickup or something. She was traveling there for a reason, and um, is and because of the threat and because of of what was going on with the people there uh, and the threat of of Virginia's people finding the helicopter, Althea sent Isabel away. Said, "Don't come here. It's not safe." And, uh, and then by the end of the episode, we see Dwight reconnect with Sherry. So it was, there was just, there was so much emotion in this episode and, um, it was a beautiful episode. It was something that we haven't really seen a lot of just because it was shot in an office building, which is very different from the usual terrain. Um, the last time we saw a building like that was back in season two at the resort, uh, where they were living in the, um, the resort in Mexico. Uh, so it was kind of a neat, it was a neat change of pace, change of scenery. Um, we did see, uh, a lot of action, a lot of really interesting walkers. We've got some really cool insight between Al and Dwight and they have a really fun relationship. I really liked seeing them working together. They're a really good team. So hopefully we'll see more of them. And obviously we want to learn what Sherry's been up to all of this time, so there's there's a whole lot to explore with this episode. And it was also an episode that was directed by none other than Coleman Domingo, who stars as Victor Strand in Fear the Walking Dead. Um, this was the first episode that he's directed and not starred in, if I'm not mistaken, so um, 
it was it was really neat. It was really neat to see all of the elements come together, knowing that he was behind the camera and making it happen. I mean, I don't think you could have had a better director for this scene of um, of Dwight and Sherry coming together. I mean, he just it was it was just cinematic and beautiful and in the the way the camera moved around them as they embraced it was just it was such a beautiful moment and there was you know the the scenes of the walkers and the stairwells and the the tension and the just the grittiness of of the rats and the oh it was just everything about this episode was just so amazing and um so it was really cool knowing that he was the one who brought it to life so that's another little little gem about this episode and uh yeah it's anytime Coleman Domingo directs an episode we love it so we will take more of that and hopefully we see more of that in the future um so let's get to these interviews so we do have a couple interviews so the first one the first one is with the showrunners and they're going to kind of break down what uh you know what was going on in the episode kind of the thoughts behind the way this this episode fits into the larger kind of overarching story of the season. And then we're going to get into, uh, we have, let's see, it's Maggie Grace and Alicia Debnam Carey, and it's primarily Maggie Grace in this interview, but it was taken from an, a larger interview that I did, so there's a little bit of, of both of them in there. And then we end it with an interview with Austin Emilio. So there's a whole bunch in this this podcast, so I really hope you enjoy it. And so let's get started um, with the Fear the Walking Dead showrunners, Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg. So um, let's jump into 603, which is titled Alaska. And, um, you know, this, I wanted to start out because we're in a really interesting, interesting crossroads with the Walking Dead universe, because now it, it really is indeed a universe with I mean, what, what aren't they doing now? They've, they've got spinoffs. They've got more spinoffs. There's the main show's ending. There's more stories coming with tales of, of the walking dead, which I feel would be a perfect place to explore some of these, um, you know, some of the fear of the walking dead characters and, you know, the universe is just growing and growing, but you both arrived in the universe at a time where the rules changed for fear of the walking dead. So before there were never supposed to be crossovers and then you know starting with season four there were crossovers and we've had morgan we've had dwight and now we have sherry and um how is that you know because because 603 obviously is is the the episode where dwight reconnects with with sherry and that's you know so that's a a huge moment for a, a former walking dead story but now that you have this whole kind of sandbox full of of characters and locations and and you know fear isn't that far from world beyond in terms of location like how does that change the way that you look at crafting stories moving forward that you have this this bigger canvas to play with you know it's definitely fun to have kind of the interconnected element that that ties all these shows together um and you know, I think when we're thinking about it, we're kind of first and foremost looking at um, the kind of storytelling that we want to do on fear and, you know, then looking to whether or not a character from another show or a crossover element like, you know, having Isabel from the CRM show up at fear would um, benefit kind of the, the thematics that we're interested in exploring. And, you know, with 
the decision to bring Sherry over, that was kind of always baked into the decision to bring Dwight over. And, you know, for Dwight coming in season five, that seemed like the perfect time to tell that story because we were really exploring this idea of, of everyone trying to build a better world. And, and Dwight, a character who had come from, you know, the sanctuary and had been forced to live in this, this place he hated, um, it, it seemed like the right time to bring him over to explore that. And then, uh, you know, his journey for across season five really helped him kind of gain closure over everything he did with Negan. Um, and then the reason we wanted to bring Sherry for season six and, and you know, I'm not going to say too much because, you know, we only get a little glimpse of their story with the reunion um, at the end of this episode. But I, I think the thing that we're interested in exploring now is is that idea of what happens to people when they're apart from those they care about, those they love. And it's something, you know, we're obviously exploring with all our characters separated. But the interesting thing with Dwight and Sherry is these are two characters who haven't been together for um, multiple seasons of storytelling, you know, Sherry left The Walking Dead, um, only leaving Dwight a note. And, you know, we have no idea where she's been, what she's been doing, how she's really dealt with everything that happened to her at the sanctuary, everything that happened to Dwight at the sanctuary. Um, whereas we know Dwight's made some progress there. So the real question that we're interested in exploring is, how does this couple who's been through so much trauma, both separately and together, um, how do they kind of start over again? And, and what happens if they're on different pages? Um, so, you know, there's a lot of story to come between the two of them. And, you know, it, it seemed like the thematics that we're exploring this season just made it the right time to, to bring Sherry over. For sure. Now, the, it's interesting because before we get to that moment at the end of the episode, we have, we have Dwight and Althea on this. They're doing jobs for their community. And it's interesting because we haven't, it, at this point, we haven't learned a lot about Virginia's community, but it seems like they have a lot of freedom compared to what we've seen, you know, so far with, with uh, Strand and Alicia and, and Charlie and everybody who's, who's at Lawton. So could you talk a little, and, and I had actually asked uh, Maggie Grace this question about, you know, that, that, that she's, you know, Althea and, and Dwight are both kind of lone wolves thrust together on this mission to, to do this, you know, to do these, um, to do these missions. And so they, they seem kind of perfect for it, but how is it that they're able to, to, to just go off and, and do these things with very little control? I mean, they have weapons, they have radios, like they could do a lot of damage. And it seems like, you know, they're just, they're, they're playing by a set of rules. I won't say they're playing by all the rules because we do see that they, they turn their radios off and do kind of have their own set. But how do they get to that point? Like, why are they given so much freedom compared to the other characters? Well, I think their freedom uh, is, I'm not sure, I'm not sure we'd call it freedom. They are able to they're able to move outside the communities in ways that, you know, maybe some of our other characters are not, but uh, there's still very strict rules in place there that are, are referenced. Uh, if, if Dwight or Al were to try and uh, go AWOL, uh, there would be consequences for their, the people they care about back in Virginia's communities, which is, I think why you, you see Dwight 
uh, at the beginning of the episode when he tells Al what his plan is if he and sh- if he ever finds Sherry about having to fake his own death, um, because it's not uh, it's not easy to just escape from Virginia's rule. Uh, so they while they're while they're traveling and while they have the benefit of having a close relationship with each other and they've formed this this kind of brother-sister bond that we see play out over the episode, they're still very much uh, operating under Virginia's rules and uh, they, they, can't, they can't really step out of line. Absolutely. It seems like they, you know, when there's so many, there's so many threats in this universe and we haven't seen a threat like the plague yet. So, you know, why not just add that to the bingo card and put the plague in there? But, um, you know, how did you guys come up with the idea of, of, of having a whole new group of people that are basically on death's doorstep with the plague? Like, where did, how did that factor into it? Might we see these people again? You know, how, um, you know, can you talk a little bit about, because I, I thought the plague, like, that was, that was clever. That was, <laughs> that was really clever. That we, uh, we had, first of all, we had no idea that a, a real plague was coming um, our way. Um, but the, the decision to do that, it, it, it's just, you know, one of the fun things about kind of playing in this universe is to kind of take a step back and say, what haven't we seen before and, and, and what would make a, a kind of unconventional threat for our characters. And I think, I don't quite remember where we read about it, but, you know, there had been some cases of the plague cropping up in the, the Southwest and, you know, it's, it's close to Texas. And uh, we thought that would make kind of an interesting problem for Alan Dwight to face. And also a problem that uh, the CRM might have the solution for. Um, and then also a problem that could potentially be weaponized. And, you know, there, there are some indications in the episode that that may in fact be the case where we see um, that graffiti, the end is the beginning once again, and we also see the cage in the stairwell that it appears the rats may have been released from. Um, so, you know, as we were kind of looking at all the story elements we needed, the plague just kind of fit the bill perfectly. Um, and, you know, it, it was scary the more and more we researched it, and uh, it's something that I think we always thought uh, had been eradicated uh, hundreds of years ago, but that is that is not the case. And it is good to know that at least this this one has a cure, though, because you know, yes, uh, <laughs> there's a yes, little bit our, of a silver lining. <laughs> this episode is uh, is an advert. It's an advertisement for Cipro. We hope that uh, Cipro is watching. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Um, last question, guys. Um, you know, one of the. Uh, you know, one of the things that really stands out is, you know, Al's been searching for Isabel basically since Isabel's helicopter took off. Um, and, you know, she's, she's obviously formed this really close connection with, with Isabel. Um, so the whole episode is her trying to get to the roof to, to find Isabel. And then when she gets to that moment, you know, and thinking about the people left in the building, thinking about Dwight, thinking of everything, she makes a decision to send her away and prevent her from coming to the to the rooftop which is very noble um and altruistic and and very you know it kind of it's an interesting it's an interesting move for al 
which is even it's even more bittersweet because at the end Dwight finds his person so it seems like there's a, a you know, do you for one I'd love to hear your thoughts on like how that how that all came about because I think that's such a neat a, a neat way of, of playing with their their characters that you know they were both searching for their people she sends her person away he finds her person does that cause tension between them or will she be you know it seems like she's happy but does it does it complicate things uh i mean just to speak to the the last part of the question uh no there's there's no tension that that comes out of the decision there uh i think Al is, is thrilled and touched. And I think you see that from her reaction to, to seeing Dwight and Sherry's reunion in the final moments of the episode. It's, it has that feeling of a karmic reward for, uh, for everything that's come before it, that, that Dwight would be reunited with Sherry. And, and the other thing that, you know, I think the episode really hinges on is, is this, brother sister relationship that is formed between Dwight and and Al and we know uh that Al had a, a heartbreaking and tragic relationship with her own brother that she's referenced uh in episode 505 with Isabel where we we learned that Al uh chose the story over going back and being with her brother in the moments uh when he was dying and now she's faced with a relationship with another brother and uh she's not going to she's not going to lose this relationship this time she she doesn't want it to just be a story on a tape you know as it as it is when she's watching it there on the roof and sees this sort of touching tribute that Dwight gives her as he thinks he's going to see her for the last time so i think it just it speaks to al starts the episode in a place where she thinks that all she's doing is documenting dead settlements and there's nothing for her here. But by the end, realizing that she actually has built a life here and uh, that it's worth holding on to and worth fighting for. And that's, and that again has the karmic reward of even though she gives up uh, being with Isabel, at least for now, uh, there's, you know, incredible, incredible twist of fate for Dwight. And uh, I'd say it's one of our it's one of our favorite endings to an episode of the of the ones we've done. It just and Coleman should just say Coleman uh, once again knocked it out of the park on the on the directing front on this one and really just gave us a, both the propulsive action and fun in the tower and also really landed the emotion both between Dwight and Al. And then that moment was just beautiful when Dwight and Sherry uh, finally find each other in the end. Oh yeah, Coleman did a fantastic job. I was teasing him about how he, he went vertical this time. Like it's not, it's not enough to just have a regular episode. Now he has to be in stairwells and going, moving up and down. I mean, he's just, every episode pushes the limits and it's just, it's so much fun to see him do his thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's got it was, range. It was, it was his diehard. That's what we told him. All right, moving right along, we have our conversation with Maggie Grace and Alicia Demnum Carey. And um, when we did this interview, it was before the season started. So um, one of the questions was kind of a general question before 
you know, it doesn't have any spoilers in it. And then the second question you'll hear kind of goes deeper into um, kind of what happens in the episode and what um, what Maggie Grace thinks about the reunion with Dwight and Sherry and all of that. So it's kind of a neat, it's a neat, it's a neat insight. And they also talk about um, working with Coleman and how neat it is that they both got to star in episodes that were directed by their co-stars. So enjoy this little interview with Maggie Grace and Alicia Debnam Carey. Maggie, in the promotional photos for season six, we see Al and Dwight together. And I think this is such a cool pairing because they have so much in common. Like they're kind of these lone wolves in a lot of ways and they, they don't really know how to, um, you know, like they, they appreciate being with a group, but they also are perfectly comfortable on their own. Um, could you talk a little bit about that, like that dynamic that, that Dwight and Al would have together? Because I think that's just so fascinating. You, you put it better than I could have, Sarah Beth. It's, it's lone wolves in a wolf pack. And um, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite combos um, so far. Like we had a blast. And, um, you know, came across some storylines together that, I, I mean, I can't believe they wrote before you know, the world out here melted. <laughs> um, it's, it's strange sometimes, you know, we do a show in the apocalypse and, and the parallels are sometimes uh, a little chilling. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the Austin Al pairing was just one of my favorite. He's, he's a great dude too. Absolutely. And what's interesting is you both got to appear in episodes directed by co-stars. Yeah. In- uh, oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah, no, that was, I mean, and so Alicia, you got to, to work with Lenny and I got to see you like working with him, which was so cool to see because he's such a natural. And yeah. then we know Coleman is just fantastic, but Both. what I mean, an episode for Coleman to direct. Cast <laughs> is so excited when those guys are, are coming it's, up to direct. Yeah. It's some of the best, uh, best episodes for us. Mm-hmm. It's all about the acting. <laughs> yeah. And Maggie, for, um, for Al, you know, we, we described her as a lone wolf and she makes a very un lone wolf like decision in 603. Um, I'm wondering how that, how that changes things for her and how it changes things when at the end of the episode, Dwight ends up finding the person that he's been looking for after she just sent away the person she had been looking for. Mm-hmm. I mean, the decision she makes at the end of that episode costs her immensely. Um, I don't think she even entirely understands it. Um, But, you know, she's certainly trying to reconcile, you know, a a lot here in terms of, you know, her her personal connection to Isabel and the sort of double-edged sword of of that knowledge of of Isabel's community and society and... um, you know, what that could mean for, for Isabel's life, but also for, you know, her group. I mean, they wouldn't exactly be open, you know, welcomed in with open arms, but on the other hand, you know, she's struggling to live every day under tyranny. And, you know, what's one of the first steps is, is uh, controlling the free press, <laughs> which is sort of, you know, the closest thing we've got in this context is, um, you know, Al's uh, camera and documentation, and she's not entirely sure what she's being used for to what ends um so yeah it's a it's a pretty bleak uh, 
world that you know they're navigating and, and making daily decisions you know what what concessions to make and you know obviously those who cooperate with uh, Virginia's settlement reap the rewards um, but I think they're all beginning to to hope that if they can work together uh, there might be another another reality possible <laughs> yeah. and it seems like it seems like you know as you say like everybody in her community reaps the rewards but Alan and Dwight have this ability, like they're on their own, so they mm -hmm. can kind of control the narrative to a certain extent. Because to a degree. there's moments where you say, like, are you recording this? You know, turn this later, like let's let's not document this. Like it's it's an interesting it's interesting that they have that that level of freedom. Yeah, that was was interesting to navigate. And and I I believe in, you know in the final cut, it, there's going to be a lot about their check-ins, you know, these checkpoints and, and just the overall efficacy of, of the, uh, you know, Virginia's militia in hunting people down that, that don't check in and don't comply. But yeah, they do have this, this little, uh, you know, zone that they can navigate with, with some relative freedom compared to the rest of the group. And, and they do begin to to use that freedom. So we've seen you both in an episode now, and, and I know it's an anthology type series, um, or it's an anthology now um, in terms of the filming style. Will we see both of you again um, playing out, playing this, this out, or it, you know, is it, can you tease a little bit about what's coming in, in the future from where no. your episodes end? <laughs> Which is actually uh. great to <laughs> Well, even though this, this season certainly starts in a darker place, I, I would say don't lose hope, um, you know, which I think has been a wonderful theme to work with, uh, you know, with, with what we're all going through in the world and, you know, in each of our homes. Um, yeah, and, you know, at the core of this show is the, the theme of family and and togetherness and companionship so you know at its essence it's still always about trying to find each other and finally i had a chance to talk with austin emilio about the episode and he's so much fun to talk to he is uh, he's so enthusiastic about his character and obviously he's been with the show for a long time so he has some really neat insight into um into what it's like and um i asked him about working with with coleman as a director and he gives his you know he's obviously he had so much fun with it um, but what I really love about this interview is the way he describes the reunion scene and kind of the way that he and Christina Evangelista kind of went about bringing it to life. So I really hope you enjoy this. So here is my interview with Austin Emilio. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you again. Oh yeah. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> um, so I am so thrilled. Uh, this episode was so much fun, and and I know it was it was Coleman's uh, diehard episode, which was really fun to watch. Um, maybe could we start out by talking a little bit about what it was like to be, you know, 
in one of Coleman's episodes and, and what it was like. Uh, I described it, I talked to Coleman a couple of weeks ago and I said it was, it was very vertical because, you know, that building, you know, going up and down these stairwells and like, yeah. it presents such a different challenge than filming on a flat surface. So what was that like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of these scenes and these stairwells and these tight spaces and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was pretty fascinating. It was really tight and uh, you had to be like pretty precise with the way you moved and uh, just like physically it was sort of, uh, you know, like jumping through hoops. Um, uh it was fun because it was in downtown Austin and it was not far away and it was close to my house. And so that was, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. And then, you know, working with Coleman, is just like, it's, you know, as a director, you're sort of like the, I don't know, you're like the, 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 the tip top of what the energy needs to be, you know, like everyone sort of looks to you for that. So even if it's long hours, whatever, and you're struggling, you got to be this sort of uh, lighthouse in the distance that's like beaming bright, you know. And that's and Colvin is that. He's just he's he's very uh, excited all the time, and he he's a good actor, so he knows how to direct. You know, he's like an actor's director, and uh, whatever that means. I mean, I just think, <laughs> you know, what what that means is that he's been acting for a while, and he and he knows what acting is. Right, so right. he, it, it, the the communication is is easy and smooth, and it feels like he's on your team, and you know he's giving you notes. Try this, try that. Um, so yeah, it's just opening up the opportunities for you to sort of do what you want as well. Really, uh, uh, collaborative. Yeah, it was. It's such a great episode, and it, it it's it's so interesting too because you know, given, given Dwight's history as a savior, like these, yeah. th these kinds of missions aren't completely um, new to him. I mean, this is something that, that Dwight's yeah. kind of been part of in the past. Um, could you talk a little bit about how that experience, you know, it, his past is kind of coming into play now, you know, because he's been in these situations before, which you know, kind of informs him more than the rest of the group because they don't have this body of experience that he, that he has. And, and, you know, obviously that's going to shape everything that he does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a veteran at this point, you know, like he's, he's been doing it for a while and he's been doing it under, he was doing it under someone that was really crazy. Um, but the, the thing that's, that was different for me in this episode was that like he was doing it but it was you know they made a game out of it and it was like there you saw this sort of uh comfort level in him and he's doing it with someone and um so that just felt really uh foreign for me uh because i was like smiling um which is something that i you know i don't think i've ever done that in any episode right thus far besides this one so that it was interesting to play you know do that i guess and, I, I was not yeah go ahead oh no i was just gonna say it, it was such a it was such a neat opportunity to see that that kind of lighter side and it's it's also interesting that 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 came out with Althea because Dwight and Althea are both kind of like lone wolves. I mentioned that to Maggie and she's like, you know, she agreed that they yeah. were 
you know, they're both lone wolves, but they work really yeah. well together. Like the, the dynamic yeah. between the between, between the two of you is so, is so wonderful. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it was just, it's really neat to see because she, you know, you, you complement each other so well. And what I thought was so intriguing too, is, you know, kind of going back on what you said about, you know, the experience as a savior that in a way you were both kind of controlling, you know, you had the game that you were playing, but I found it really right. fascinating when you had this, you know, you kept, you know, kind of having these conversations about, um, you know, well, is the camera off, you know, okay, you know, let's, you'd, you'd have these conversations kind of off the record, which, you know, yeah. kind of makes it so that you, you, even though you're doing these missions for Virginia, you were still able to have these, like you're kind of controlling the narrative a little bit about what it is that you're reporting back, which is also fascinating. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to, you can't, you can't show someone like that everything, you know? Definitely. And there needs to be, there needs to be, you know, uh, even for the audience, there needs to be, you want to feel like you're in on something that no one else knows about, you know, which is, I think, exciting too. Exactly. Exactly. And then there's also that, I mean, I think it's, it's intriguing because, you know, you come across this, this group of people and, uh, you know, initially they're not doing so well. And then, yeah. you know, by the end of the episode, you know, they're, you're able to help them, but in mm -hmm. helping them, it also, you know, you both also re recognize like the inherent danger that finding a group of people comes with now because mm -hmm. now they're at risk. You know, they've been doing pretty well somehow, Yeah. yeah. but yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's relative because, you know, obviously there's like that, you know, the, the potential, you know, of, of them being poisoned or, you know, sickened on purpose. Right. Right. But, right. Um, right. You know, I mean, that, that's a lot of responsibility for people, you know, for, for two for two people to have on their shoulders too yeah 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 well i mean i think the thing is too it's like i don't know for my character it, and that's why i think i get like super emotional about it. it's like what we're just gonna leave and we're gonna like we're not gonna like you know because it's like i've committed and done some really horrible shit and uh i want to try and make up for it as 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 much as possible and uh i think you know especially being on the road for that long, trying to look for my wife, trying to do all these things, you know, there's, there is a sense of like really, and then meeting Morgan and, and, and being like, Hey, we, we have to start doing, you know, good for other people. That's, that's what's most important. I think I've really sort of fell under that spell, you know? And so I, I, because I feel like it'll make up for whatever I did wrong. And, you know, maybe I'll go to heaven, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> It, it, it's like an important thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's really what we're all about too. I mean, she's got a little side love and I've got my little side love, but it's, you know, our, the main goal is trying to help people out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Which you know, then kind of, it's interesting too, because Dwight is so insistent on Al pursuing her you know, beer lady. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. You know, like yeah. that, like he understands, you know, which it's an interesting thing because he's pushing her the whole episode. You know, you need to go find her. You need to, you need to do this, even if it means climbing right. the building and putting ourselves at this, you know, an, in tremendous danger. 
you yeah. need to do it. Yeah. Like you absolutely yeah. need to do it. And yeah. yeah, you know, then she does it and then ends up realizing like there's too much risk for everybody. Yeah. So she, you know, she kind of puts it off and then at the end of the episode, there's Sherry. So then Dwight ends up getting exactly um, you know, what he was what he's been looking for which is such an interesting right. thing because Maggie just, it was interesting because Maggie was saying that um, she thinks, you know, she sees it as, as Al is going to be so incredibly happy that Dwight gets his happy ending, even though it meant, yeah. you know, she didn't. Um, right. 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 Which is just such a cool, yeah, it's, it's, cool it's, relationship. Yeah it's, like, yeah. it's like the domino effect of sacrifice, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's uh for some reason it just I don't know like I sacrificed whatever motive I had to get her there and then she sacrificed whatever you know I don't know it's life it's like what happens you know I don't know things work out in strange ways and that's that's what happened in that episode oh yeah absolutely so I mean now that now that that Dwight has found has found Sherry you know obviously you can't say what happens from you know moving forward but how would you describe that moment at when he sees her like what's what's going through Dwight's mind when he realizes like you know she is there she is well I I don't want to say you know exactly what was going through or whatever it may be uh but I, you know, I just sort of, I wanted it just to play out how it was going to play out on the day and the moment and the minute and the second, you know, it was just, because I had been, you know, you sometimes romanticize how it's going to be when you're, when you think about scenes like this, especially this one, because it was, there was such a, uh, there's such time spent on making this part of my story that, you know, when you finally get the opportunity to be like oh we're actually going to do this like it's going to happen i'm going to get to meet her i'm going to see her in an episode that's fucking crazy okay uh and you know i I don't know personally i just put a lot of pressure on myself to be like oh it's got to be this way or it's got to be that way and i you know i I didn't really want to do that i just wanted it to sort of i don't know whatever came out came out because i know it's in there you know it's it's something i've been working with for years and years and years so it's just whatever happens happens and that's what I let it I just wanted it to be what it was going to be without trying to control it or you know have any influence over it or force it or any of that so that's what I tried to do (laughs) (laughs) well it's it's one hell of an episode and I'm I cannot wait to see what happens uh happens down the line it to continue what what we see in it so um yeah it gets really good it gets really, 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 really good. I'm really excited about what's to come. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I really like the format of it too, but just the anthology and, you know, because with that you get to go deeper with characters and storylines and their arcs and emotions and, uh, it just gets really good. So I, I hope you keep watching. 
All right, that just about does it for this edition of the Undead Walking Podcast, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to listen to it. I hope you enjoyed these interviews, and as always, we'll have new interviews for you in upcoming episodes of the podcast, and if you have any feedback or want to ask questions, please um, send us questions on the Undead Walking social media pages on Twitter and Facebook, and if you are enjoying what we're doing with the Undead Walking podcast, please make sure that you, uh, you subscribe, you leave us reviews, all of those things help us to grow, and as you know, we're a podcast by fans for fans, so we want to make sure that we're representing you well with what we do with the podcast, and uh, let's see if I can, I'm trying to think if I can tease what we have coming up this week. Um, we do have something special coming up in the next episode of the podcast, and it's not, it's it's Walking Dead adjacent. It's one of the cast members who has another project that's going to be coming out, and he's going to be taking the time to chat with us. So um, stay tuned, and and you'll you'll see who it is when uh, when the next podcast comes out. But I'm really excited to chat with him again. There's your hint. Someone we've talked to before, and um, so yeah, I think that is about it for this week's episode. So again leave us reviews and send us questions. And thank you so much for your support and for listening. And as always, I want to remind you to stay safe, wash your hands and watch out for those walkers. Thanks, everybody. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink or Arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.